It's something for nothing. The Rush Fan Cast. Jerry and Steve with you. Jerry, it's a morning recording. It's a rare morning recording for us. I know. We're like the, the first birds of spring in the morning <laughs> looking for our worms. Our guest is in the UK, so we really had no choice because we didn't want them to be uh, with us at midnight or one o'clock in the morning. So we're nice and we do our recording in the morning. Right, we don't want them to fall asleep on us more than they usually do when we're talking to them. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. We are at RushFanCast. Instagram, we are at TheRushCast. Email Jerry, TheRushCast at gmail.com. Lex gets the day off today. David King is taking us in and out, Jer. That's right. We'll explain that later. Follow or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And Jer, let's get started with a masterful email. Right, this is from John. He lives in Owensboro, Kentucky. Nice. Hey, John. He says, I stumbled upon your podcast on July 12th, 2021, episode 98 with Kevin J. Anderson. Look at that. He has a, an exact date. That's a great one to stumble on. I had been reflecting on all the ways that my life had been impacted by the music and mentality of Rush. Since the passing of Neil, I had been listening to their catalog in fairly heavy rotation and analyzing just how insightful and relevant his lyrical contributions continue to be. He spoke to relatable topics and universal truths. My own words are paltry in trying to express his power and precision as a wordsmith. I was immediately drawn in. The conversation you had with Kevin was amazing, and I enjoyed your views on Rush. Afterward, I decided to start back at the beginning of your podcast with episode one. Wow. So I could enjoy your journey as podcasters. I could talk about Rush for hours, so I found you both incredibly easy to listen to. Rush means something different to all of us, but many of the similarities we share are due to how deeply we feel connected to the band. I love that you chose something for nothing as your inspiration because it speaks to that do-it-yourself attitude, which I think permeates all aspects of what is at my core. I work as an experiential learning success coach. Oh, cool. Which supports students towards educational goal success based on more applied learning approaches. Whatever their goal may be, we are here to help them along so their heart can be their anchor and the beat of their own song. This comes from a lifetime of experiences that shaped my life from being a young boy lying in the tall grass of a nearby field to the pole of life in the Navy for a 24-year career that found me spanning the globe to explore destinations that others have just read about. But this is where my tale of woe begins. I am one of the unfortunate ones who have never had the opportunity to see Rush play live. I found a deep appreciation during the summer of 1984 while in band. They were just amazing musicians and their intricate rhythms and technical prowess always kept me enthralled. Grace Under Pressure was being played nonstop. It became my first full cassette purchase with the few bucks that I had. I wore that tape out and started digging into their back catalog, moving backwards. Signals really resonated with me. Then moving pictures in permanent waves. I don't even need to explain to you my feelings because I'm confident that you both understand. A buddy had hemispheres and we spent days listening to that and talking about it. Some of the earlier work would take me years to realize its brilliance. I didn't have the kind of money to find a ride to Cincinnati, which was as close as they ever played while I continued living in a small western Kentucky town when they toured the 80s albums. My story is much too long to be contained within a letter, but I just wanted to congratulate you both on such amazing work. Your list of guests have been amazing, both past and the ones I am looking forward to. I just finished episode 53, your wrap-up of Signals. You continue to get the best people to talk to on your podcast. And I look forward to catching up. This and the connections that I am making in the online Rush community are providing continued respite. I look forward to your continued great work. It is truly appreciated. 
You both rock. That was from John. Thanks, John. That is an amazing, amazing email. Thanks so much for listening. And I love how people are just finding us and then going back and starting from the beginning. Right. So what do you say? July 12th? So he's listened to what? 54 episodes since July? <laughs> wow. I don't know if I could listen to myself for that long. Well, he's not listening to himself, Steve. He's listening to us. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, thanks, John, for listening. We really appreciate it. And I uh, hope you like today's guest from the UK, as I said, Jer, founder of Rushfest Scotland and the man behind Songs for Neil, Volume 2, The Stars Look Down. Steve Brown, welcome to the Rush Fancast. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jerry. How you doing, guys? We're doing great. It's been over a year since we've spoken to you, Steve. It's amazing. That just doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> so the first two questions are, how are you, number one, and how is the pandemic going over there in Scotland? Are things getting better? Um, very well, thanks. We've come through it physically unscathed, maybe maybe not mentally unscathed. It's been quite a trying time, as I'm sure it has been for you guys as well. I gig for a living, or usually used to gig full-time for a living, and that's still not, there's still no signs of that going back to any sort of normality. But we were lucky to get some help from the government, but that's, <laughs> now you've got me thinking about it, that'll be running out shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. But um, but gigs are starting to pick up again, and uh, Christmas bookings are coming in and that sort of thing. So, And um, during, yeah, since we last spoke, I've uh, branched out and I'm now producing from home for other musicians and songwriters. So this is kind of my new gig, working from home and uh, putting on weight <laughs> and, <laughs> and producing for other... Yeah, because that's the thing about gigging. It, it was my only exercise, you know, right. <laughs> going out three, four nights a week and, uh, you know, lugging the gear about and all that. I just realised now that was like exercise. So, yeah. I'm kind of slowly filling the studio seat here, <laughs> but it's fine. It, you know, we know a lot of people are worse off, and uh, we're just grateful to plod on and and do things uh, with music that we love. So, Steve, tell us about songs for Neil Volume One. How that did? That came out about a year ago. How were the sales? How much money did you raise for your two charities, Cancer Support Scotland and the Glioblastoma Foundation? Yeah, um, it went really well. We sold out the vinyl. Uh, we made 500 copies on red vinyl, and we've still got a few, a couple hundred CDs left. So we're still, still selling that. It's up on Bandcamp now, Volume 1, and the digital downloads. So as with everything we do at Rushfest Scotland, all profit goes to charity. So for that album and Volume 2, which is just out, um, like you say, all profits are being split between those two charities Cancer Support Scotland here in Scotland, UK, and Glioblastoma Foundation Neil Peart Research Award in North Carolina. So, um, so far from the sales of Volume 1, we've donated, let's a quick currency conversion, $10,000. So like five, equivalent of $5,000 to each charity from Volume 1. So more has come in since I made that donation from the sales of Volume 1, but I'm going to wait until we get some profit from the sale of Volume 2 before making another donation to both charities that's amazing like that's that's such a great accomplishment yeah it's been great i mean it's just um it is a team effort but uh, I've, I've no uh, no qualms in saying it's me 
I'm doing all the legwork. I'm doing all the, so so yeah, I'm quite happy. That's kept me sane during lockdown, just dealing with all the sales and shipping stuff out and you know, the local post office they you know, they, they try and close when they see me walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> but um I've actually during uh the whole process, uh, I've made a really good connection with a guy in Michigan, uh, a guy called Jim Gleason, who runs Wasteland Records in Midland, Michigan. I shall give him a plug because he's been a fantastic help and he's helping us coordinate uh, shipping of the vinyl uh, around the USA. So I've still to tell the post office here in Arisig, where I live, that uh, hopefully they won't have to deal with all the individual US orders because we we did get quite a lot most most of this the uh, sales went to North America so uh yeah I think I'm going to deliver them in bulk to Jim at Wasteland and he's going to um, ship them out separately from there so thanks to Jim what kind of reaction did you get from the rush camp in general was it very positive absolutely yeah very positive and uh, Neil's family we've since become quite uh we're connected with Nancy Neil's sister I connected with her over the past year and she does a lot of charity work herself for the Neil Peart Memorial Foundation I think it's called so we've been well she's been helping us we donated stuff to her but she's uh, in fact she gave us the liner notes for volume two so um, she's become involved with volume two and we know through um, like volume one, we had to get volume two, uh, the artwork approved by Neil's estate, which is basically his family. So that was all approved under. We've heard from Alex and Geddy as well. So we know without going into too much detail that they they know and approve of what we're doing. So, uh, yeah, it's been we it's uh, been accepted and approved. And, yeah, we're quite chuffed with it all. Um, and that is we as in all the bands and artists involved. And when I came up with the idea, I did purposely call it volume one because I thought this has got legs. I could do this again. And, and here we are, doing volume two. And I did think putting it all together, I thought, oh, this is, you know, well, I just, that's volume two. That's fine. But now that I'm in the middle of promoting volume two, I have plans for volume three already. So, so yeah, it's just, um, there's a, someone pointed out, in fact, it was Lou. I'll, I'll give Lou a mention. The drummer from the band Limelight, who are based in Connecticut, and who claim to be the longest-running Rush tribute band. And and I've chatted to them recently, and I think they're pretty he's spot on the money there because they've been going for 20 years uh, with the same lineup. So I reckon, you know, if there's anybody else out there that knows a Rush tribute band with the same lineup that's been going for longer than 20 years, please give us a shout. <laughs> we can knock them off the perch. But he pointed out that Volume 2, uh, it has a blue cover, it has an owl on it somewhere, and the first track is Anthem. Oh. So you can imagine what I'm thinking about for the artwork for Volume 3. There you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it might be kind of green and gold, you know. Uh, let's. I can see a pattern. So that means I'll have to keep going to like Volume 19 <laughs> with that thought process. So... Volume two is called The Stars Look Down. And as you mentioned, the cover art is just stunning. Now, Charlie Roy drew Neil Peart for the cover. Is that correct? Yeah, for volume one as well. The, the portraits, the, the Neil portraits that are on both volumes were drawn by Scottish artist Charlie Roy. Um, but the designs were brought together by Paul Tippett, um, a chap in England. 
that's done all our art design for Rushfest Scotland. Uh, he designed our logos, etc. In both volumes for the albums, we ran them past Hugh Syme. Uh, he got involved and gave us um, just some direction. You know, we, we put the main parts together, then we sent it to him and uh, he gave us some great advice, just little tips and tweaks. So, yeah, we're, we're grateful to Hugh for keeping in touch with us and, and helping us put the final polish on the artwork. So tell us a little bit about the process of putting this record together, Steve. Now, some of the bands are the same bands that you had on volume one, but some are new. Did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? How did this happen? Um, a bit of both. I've got the contact details from, from most of the bands. I've had them for quite a while. And uh, when it got around to putting the album together, I just reached out again and said, right, guys, what have you got? Um, send us your best recordings. And uh, it kind of took care of itself because they would send me a list of what they had well recorded. And then as a case of uh, whittling it down from there, I would use the best studio recordings. They would get sort of uh, priority for the vinyl. Because like volume one, the vinyl only has eight tracks and the CD digital versions have more, um, simply because it costs a fortune to print vinyl. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, it's all for charity. So yeah, so it's like the best quality studio recordings, trying to keep a good mixture to cover all the eras, that sort of thing. So it's good fun. It was, you know, as a lifelong Rush fan, it's, it's all, it was great fun putting it all together. And it was after the event that Lou from Anthem pointed out the fact that we had all these connections with Fly By Night. And I thought, okay, that was serendipitous so we're quite you know we're quite um just the way it all came together so uh yeah and i, I now know of other bands that i've yet to reach out to um that haven't been on either volume yet such as solar federation have you heard of those guys mm -hmm. um they're playing at a night for neil uh hopefully that's going to go ahead in april so um yeah i'll give those guys a shout for for future volumes and if anyone else is out any other tribute bands listening in please get in touch and uh, yeah, I'll just keep making them as long as I get the, get the good recordings in. To, to work <laughs> like you said, it has legs, right? It was sort, sort of like putting a wish out to the universe, right? By naming the first one volume one. Yeah. I just thought this, yeah, I'm going to get at least a little one volume out of this, you know? So um, yeah, it's all happening. So we thought it would be fun, Steve, like we did last time to play a few tracks from the album and then we could talk about them. Why don't we start with someone we've had on the podcast before on episode 72, Jacob Moon, who's from Canada, and his version of New World Man. He's a rebel and a runner. He's a signal turning green. He's a restless young romantic who wants to run the big machine. He's got a problem with his poisons, but you know he'll find it. Right and young enough not to choose it. He's 
Now, this song we played back, as I said, on episode 72, and it's just a great version. Why did you choose this particular track from Jacob? Yeah, I think it just popped up on uh, his Facebook page or somewhere, uh, and I reached out to him um, because we all, well, most of us will know his version of Subdivisions, Mm -hmm. which, um, which brought him to most of our attention in the rush camp i do believe which um he did a, a video for that from the rooftops in toronto um and it went viral in 2008 so as you know we had that on volume one and uh when i saw his version of new world man again he's got his own take on these songs and i love that no disrespect to the, the tribute bands but most of the tribute bands obviously try and emulate the guys themselves to the mm-hmm. best of their abilities. Um, mm-hmm. But when someone like Jacob comes along and puts his own twist on things, uh, it's wonderful to hear that as well. So, yeah, New World Man. That was that was a no-brainer when I saw that one. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite songs on the, on the album. He always does such a great job. Yeah. Bringing the song out of the song, so to speak. Absolutely. And a fantastic guitarist as well. Now, another band that we know very well from the United States is Why Why Not? And we spoke to these guys in episode 55 of our podcast, but we didn't talk about their version of natural science, which I had never heard before. And this is just incredible. thoughts on this one steve uh, yeah well i reached out to them for volume one but for various reasons it didn't come together and then when i was putting volume two together i went back to them and they uh, i think i actually asked for another song but they, they sent me that one they sent me natural science i was just grateful for anything from those guys and the video has been up on youtube for that song. i think it might have been a lockdown video i think i think uh, i could be wrong but i'm just i can i can picture it now and it looks like it was a lockdown video so yeah, very grateful to get that from them. And that was a 
it wasn't a problem figuring out where to put it on the album. It, it naturally came. It had to go at the end of a side, you know, because it's like the last track on uh, on Permanent Waves. So, um, so I, I not wanted to put it as a, as a last track on on our on Volume Two. It's actually now it was the last track on Side One of Volume Two. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking about putting it earlier to get into a bit of uh, vinyl mastering information for the, anybody that's, uh, any nerds out there that's into ma the mastering process. For vinyl, you're actually, ideally, you want quieter tracks closer to the centre. Just because of the dynamics and the physics of vinyl. I can't give you any more information than that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a deep nerd when it comes to that. So I was thinking about putting Jacob as the final track on uh, side one, just because this is a quiet track, it's more acoustic, etc. But um, natural science had to finish off a site. You know, it's just right. so. You know, welcome to my world. These are the decisions <laughs> I had to make. <laughs> but yeah, it's a phenomenal track, and it, it, it's obviously a side closer. So yeah, it was great. It was great to have those guys on board. A phenomenal band. Now I'm just going to be preoccupied with finding the song that ends aside to see if it's a quiet track or not. Now, you just sent me down a rabbit hole of my own record collection. I don't know if bands know this. It's only vinyl mastering uh, guys will know this. It depends if the bands are advised when they're putting right. albums together. It's just sonically. I've always kind of noticed that myself. When a, when a record gets close to the centre, it starts to get a little bit more harsh, a little bit more... I don't know if you guys are you into vinyl. You must be, Jerry, the way you're... Yeah, the way you're looking perplexed there. I'm looking at my <laughs> look at it. I know I'm look. I'm just trying to remember all of these albums. You know, I mean, now that I I don't listen to vinyl on the on the daily like I used to, uh -huh. but now I'm trying to think about all the albums that I've had. I don't know. I've always thought the the closer it got to the the, the center, um, the harsher it kind of sounded. So now it makes sense to me when I heard from the vinyl mastering engineer that ideally you want a quieter song or or less, uh, you know, more acousticy or whatever. Uh, for, yeah. for, it, it just it just makes the dynamics work better. I can't I can't get any more details than that. I'm sure Steve will cut this out, but I'm going to put out a theory. Is that because the grooves are closer together? You know what I mean? Yeah, let's go with that. You know what I'm saying? Like the the song is goes around longer on the uh, outside I, than it does on the inside. Yeah, that's, that's I know a, that sounds super scientific. What I just said. But that's definitely it, right? Yeah, and it sounds louder on a Saturday as well. You know, <laughs> the, the universe, man. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's just the atmosphere. Yeah, especially in Scotland. Scotland, <laughs> Scotland on Wednesday at six a.m. That's the best time to listen to Opeth and Fine. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, everybody knows that. I'm not going to cut that out. I'm not cutting it out. <laughs> <laughs> the next band we wanted to talk about, Steve, is one that we've spoken about before. The last time we spoke to you was episode 54, and we played their version of The Garden, which was on volume one. Now, on volume two, you've gone back to Fleesh for their version of Mission. Yeah. Heart of fire, keep it burning bright. Heart of flame till the dream ignites. Spirit with a vision is a dream. With a mission.
thoughts on this one? Fleish, like Jacob, although musically they're emulating Rush, vocally, singer Gabby has got such a beautiful voice, so she brings her own take to Rush songs, and it's just wonderful. They have a full album of Rush covers. I think it's called The Next Hemisphere. Yep, that's it. And absolutely outstanding. So I recommend everyone to go off and buy it. Buy a copy of that uh, album by Fleesh, F-L-E-E-S-H. Because, yeah, it's what they've done. It's just her voice on top of... Uh, it's her and CeeLo, her partner, who does all the music. I believe he does all the music. So incredibly talented couple of folks from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And uh, just Gabby's got a beautiful voice. And they do their own material as well. I think they've got two. I think the third album's just coming out. And they've done other cover albums. They've done a, a double disc of Marillion and Genesis and Renaissance. So they're busy, busy. And then when they go out to get obviously they take a full band with them. And in fact, they're playing at night for Neil as well, last I read. So nice. I really want to come across for that. I hope I'm able to, to fly across. 23rd of April. Plug, plug. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping to be there too. Yeah, that'd be, oh, that'd, be, that'd be so great. Yeah, it'd be great to catch up with you guys there if it all comes together. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to ask you, Steve, they have a version of The Stars Look Down. Why did you not choose that song? Why did you go with Mission versus that? Oh, I can't remember now. Hey, <laughs> well, Mission, is such, Mission is such a great song. I don't know. It's just, um, I know, I know. When you look back, though, that, that's a cover. That's a great image. That's a great title. And yeah, why didn't I go for that song? Uh, sorry. Because Mission is great. But I, as a song, I prefer Mission. There you go. Right. Her, her, her voice is definitely something special, man. She rings out as much emotion from that song as you possibly can, I think. Yeah, it just gives a whole new quality to the song. You know, a great songs are great songs, but and that they stand out even more so as great songs when you hear other people singing them. Right. You know, uh, and I think uh, I love that about this whole tribute band thing as well, especially the guys that, that with English not being their native language, mm-hmm. and they, you might get a slight uh, lilt in in the the vocal. And I that's think what that's I was beautiful say. as well. It's yeah, wonderful. absolutely. You know, the guys from Quebec, uh, guys from Netherlands, from Spain, they're all on this album as well. And they just, they've obviously got their own voices, but then when they bring their own uh, regional lilts in in their voice as well, it's just like, ah, songs that we know so well, sung by Getty. And just to hear them by someone else singing them is like, yeah, these are great songs. Now, at the open and close of our podcast, like we did last time we had you on, Steve, we decided to take David King's song and use that to bring us in and out of the podcast. On this album, he did something called Where's My Dave, which is a cover of Where's My Thing, correct? It's a mashup between Where's My Thing and Leave Leave My Dave Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Leave My Dave Alone. Yeah. Oh, man, th- th- this has got legs. Dave, Dave could have a whole series of, of Daves, you know? I've done it before. Obviously, he's got the album Permanent Daves, you know? <laughs> Honestly, I've, I've, I've had many of this chat with Dave quite often. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, working Dave, Dave by night. It's all, it's all there, you know? Permanent Daves. Oh, Dave's. That's the yeah. that's the piece of resistance, you know. That yeah, that has to happen. Moving Dave's. Yeah. Hold your Dave. Power Dave's. Oh. oh. Hold Lockwork your Dave. Awkward Dave. Oh, love it. It's endless. Oh, feed Dave. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Let that, yeah, I'll let everybody else fill in the gaps. Yeah, really. Yeah, so so yeah, Dave is a phenomenal musician, and uh, he played every instrument, including wow. the, you hear the bass on that recording as well. I hate him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a really good buddy. He stays in, um, and, and like we did with Volume One, we list the band, the song that played on the album, and the country they're from. But when it comes to Dave, it's like, where's my Dave? David King, Lanarkshire. So we right. just play about with the actual, you know, where he's from as well. And uh, he did a phenomenal video for it as well. So, you know, in fact, you've reminded me, I've totally put a link to that on our on the Rush Fest Scotland website. We did a, uh, an album launch, Zoom three-hour show on the 12th of September, which, of course, is Neil's birthday. Uh, and that's the official uh, release date of the album. But... Uh, manufacturing being what it is we were only able to release the digital copies that day and as everyone will get if they buy the album now they'll get a digital copy sent to them uh, a link via email and then we hope to have the cds ready to ship in october and then the vinyl is actually going to be february or march next year um such as the way just the delays with vinyl but at least i know that this year because last year I'm not ashamed to say I had sleepless nights worrying about this vinyl. Uh, eventually, I think we got it in like January or February to ship out. But at least I know now it's going to take that long. Everybody's told up front and uh, everybody's happy. So we had the album launch, Zoom. Uh, a lot of the bands came on and chatted and we played the songs and some of them had videos. So we played the videos uh, for their, their um, songs as well. Um, so yeah, check out Dave, David King and Where's My Dave? So we want to play a couple more. Limelight is from the U.S., correct? Yes, those are the guys from Connecticut. This is their version of Anthem. Now you talked about this, it kind of fits in with the album cover. Your thoughts on the song itself? It was a no-brainer there, just uh, that was going to be the album opener. As I mentioned earlier, the, the, all these connections to Fly By Night flew over my head until after the event and the drummer came back to us and said, oh, that was a great idea, by the way, you know, blue cover, anthem is the first track. I thought, hmm, I never thought of it like that. But uh, You should have just agreed. Yes. Yes, I know. Yeah, of course it was all planned. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, phenomenal version. And uh, the fact that they are the longest running uh, Rush Tribute Band, it just all made sense. And uh, it's, like, it's a cracking cr opening track. Yeah, I can never get tired of, of covers of Anthem. Yeah, brilliant. And, and so well played. I mean, again, the hats off to Lou, the drummer, because that's yeah. uh, not an easy song. And I think about it, that was Neil's first recording with a band as well. I mean, talking about jumping into the deep end you know what I, that's not i'm not a drummer but i appreciate how difficult the drums are on that song yeah you know? definitely yep yep i mean there's really no way to play this song without just going 100 miles an hour right pedal <laughs> to the brilliant. pedal to the metal absolutely phenomenal yep and it was really really well recorded as well the guys did a great job with that and one more we wanted to play is your band steve of course moving pictures oh 
Thank you very much. Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Tell us why you chose Tom Sawyer for this record. It was a lockdown recording. We'd, we'd done it already. <laughs> so we had it ready to go. It wasn't actually a case of, right, let's do one from volume two. It was one we had in, in, the, in the back pocket already. And uh, when it came round to volume two, I thought, right, guys, that's, you know. I think we'd also done Camera Eye. Did we do YYZ? It's been a long year. I can't remember. <laughs> what we actually did is, you know, every now and again, we just get together like, come on, guys, let's do something. But that one worked pretty well, and we thought, you know, again, it's just like we better put a couple of the hits on here. <laughs> so that's been—is it safe to say that's maybe their second most popular song? Is that a safe assumption? Now I'm curious, what's the first most popular song? Spirit Radio. Spirit Radio. Oh, sure, that's probably fair. I think that's right. Yeah, but commercially, probably like radio mm-hmm. plays, whatever. You know, yeah, I, yeah. Reckon, I reckon. So, and that opens up side two of the vinyl. Um, so and thanks to our engineer Chris Bonthron, he's our our live engineer and he's our he's our Terry Brown when it comes to our studio recordings. <laughs> so thanks thanks to Chris for for uh, mixing that for us. So we want to play one more, Steve, but we're going to let you pick it. What's your favorite of the songs we haven't mentioned yet? Oh, put me on the spot. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, um, well, since we're talking about hits, I'm just going to go straight for the jugular, the Spirit Radio. Okay. Uh, by Vapor Trail, another American band. Although I'm trying to think of the top of my head, who should I really talk about here? <laughs> um, they're all great. I mean, I've done Anthem, I've done uh, um, Stage Left from Brazil as well. They did a cracking version of Kid Gloves. I'm just going to go with um, the hit, the Spirit of Radio, just so you can hear how great a version they did of this. Uh, I believe they're, yeah, I believe they're a five-piece from... Uh, the East Coast America as well. Um, Jonathan and the singer. Oh, this is terrible. I can't remember her name. If you play the record and come back, I'll remember her name. <laughs> All right, let's let's listen to it.
Her name's Lorne. All right. That's her nickname, and that's what I'm going to call her because her name's Lorne. She was uh, her and Jonathan, the drummer, came on to the album launch Zoom, and they were great fun. And they've only been going for about two years, so from one extreme to another. But Jonathan, I believe, is their recording engineer and drummer. Um, all these multitasking, brilliant drummer types, you know, right. makes you sick. So, um, yeah, they did a fantastic job, really well performed and really well uh, uh, produced, really well mixed and produced. So. so I thought we mentioned a couple of the other bands, too. We've got Rushed and Exit Stage Left from England, right? Stage Left from Brazil. My Favorite Headache, I like the name of that band, from Canada. Y22Y from Spain. It's actually 2YY2. 2YY2? Yeah, you must have picked up. It was my mistake. There were two <laughs> three typos escaped. So you must have picked up one of the earlier. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, and I also, just as well, I put this stuff out before going to print because there were, were there three? Here's a little bit of insights for the nerds. There were three major typos on the artwork before. <laughs> and thankfully they're spotted before we went to print. Um, yeah, 2YY2. Okay. Now it makes sense because it's a play in 2112. Okay. Um, again, these are all my my dyslexia. Um, vapor Trial. I put I wrote them as Vapor Trial to start with. It's obviously Vapor Trial. And when it came to the writing credits, you know, most of them are Lee Lives and Peer. I picked up that Dubois, Pai Dubois, also helped with the lyrics for which song, gentlemen? Tom Sawyer. Yes. Okay. Okay. And Steve, I'll put you on the spot. Yeah. Who? Who are the songwriters for Battlescar? Battlescar, Pai Dubois, right? Uh huh. And Kim Mitchell? Yep. Are you looking at the artwork there? No, <laughs> no, I'm not looking at it. Good man, good man. That's okay. That's his concentration face. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> he has a Charlie Brown concentration face. Uh, Excellent. So, anyway, we covered all that, and I thought, right, that's us. We've, we've covered all the, the writing credits properly, you know? No, we hadn't. Mm. Which, okay. Here's another one, Pop Pickers. Oh, boy. What, which, which other track? Well, basically, it's a track that didn't involve Neil that's on the album. Hmm. So it's only Neil. Lee and Lifeson get the credits for it. Huh. I'll let you look up the tracks on the album. Yeah, really. I'm trying to think of them right now. Well, what, what album is Neil not on? Oh, of course. Yeah. Working Man. Yeah. Working Man, yeah. There you go. Yeah, but I, I missed that as well. We were almost going to go to print, and I asked. It was actually our Geddy, John Power, in Moving Pictures. I went, hey, John, just give a quick scan of the artwork and the credits. Make sure there's nothing obvious, you know, no typos, because I already got those two. And he came back saying, yeah, it's all there, mate. And then, you know, pause. And then, like, 10 minutes later, another message came through. And, of course, working man's just leading lives. <laughs> oh, of course. Better go back and change that. Uh. So, yeah. So, I... I really feel you on the, the vapor trial thing too, because I'm an editor and my, my day job and that's not the kind of thing that gets picked up in spell check. Cause it's oh, over. spell checks are horrific. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You can't, you can't rely on spell check at all because trials are already a word. Obviously. Exactly. Yes. It's going to go right past it. Yep. So Steve, would you say there are more cover bands now that Neil has passed than there were before rush cover bands? I mean, Seems like there are just so many Rush cover bands out there. Possibly. I mean, the fact I just talked about Vapor Trail there, they've only been in the go for a couple of years. So I, I don't know for sure. I don't know of any that have just kind of started. I know of one here in Scotland that's almost kind of folded. Maybe that's wrong. They're just looking for another singer at the moment. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I really don't know. I could argue either way. 
But it's definitely a, a healthy amount still on the go, that is for sure. And we know the gigs that we're doing will be actually starting up again next week. We've got half a dozen gigs coming up. Our first gigs out since before lockdown with the Rush Band. And we're really looking forward to it. Speaking to other Rush Bands that have been out recently, the response is incredible. Just people are so glad to, one, to get out and see live music again, but to hear this stuff performed live. I found out with the audiences here, the Rush fans, they're incredibly supportive and I also find them incredibly forgiving because <laughs> it's really difficult to play that stuff buying on the money every night, mm. you know? So um, I, and, and since I started playing it properly and watching the guys closely in the DVDs, I'm still learning. You know, every time I go out to play these and, and sort of get stuck into learning them again, there's always something that, ah, oh, you know, there's another little bit I didn't do before. So um, there's a lot to learn and to play it bang on the money every night is is uh, pretty impossible um, to say for us uh, mere mortals. <laughs> yeah, I would think, Steve, that I, I don't know if the, the number of bands has increased, but I think that the interest in cover bands has definitely increased over the years. Yeah. People want to go out and see live Rush music, basically. For sure. Well, I'll, we'll, find, we'll find out next week. <laughs> we're still finding a little bit of resistance with the, the, the just coming out of COVID here. So we're finding ticket sales are not really picking up till maybe, you know, really close to each event. We're like, you know, we were told that by the agents beforehand. It's like, look, the ticket sales will be virtually non-existent till about two weeks or so leading up to the event and that's what's happening right but we're going out regardless you know we'll probably lose money but we don't care we want to get out and play <laughs> you know so, yeah yeah so steve tell us about rush fest scotland 2022 how is that coming along is it still in the works absolutely well it's been planned for two years <laughs> everything's been in place <laughs> it's, it's basically what should have happened in 2020 and mm-hmm. um, you know that that didn't happen and then we moved to 2021 that didn't happen so we just moved it all again we spoke to everybody involved and everybody is uh, still up for it so we're looking at the last weekend in may 27 and 28th of may in glasgow in scotland previous years we've just had uh, it's just been a saturday just an all-day event on saturday but um this time round, uh, because we're bringing terry brown and hugh syme and jacob moon the three of them across the pond in person. So um, we're going to have the Friday night event, an evening with Syme, Brun and Moon. My good buddy Paul Bullier from Toronto, he's come across every year and uh, so he's going to uh, interview the guys on stage, just like a relaxed kind of chat with Terry and Hugh and uh, with, with music supplied by Jacob. So we're doing that on the Friday night and then the Saturday will just be our usual rush-based shenanigans with tribute bands and quizzes and auctions and raffles and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward. Can't wait. Really can't wait. So how do Rush fans get tickets for Rush Fest Scotland? Everything, everything the albums and tickets, everything's based through our website, which is rushfestscotland.co.uk. So it's all one word, rushfestscotland.co.uk. Great, great. And, and, our fingers are crossed, Steve, that you don't have to postpone this again. We really hope this happens for you. I think it's going to, but we're doing okay here. We've come, you know, the vaccines are working. The, the numbers are, the numbers are going up slightly at the moment just because of more big events are happening. But I think things will, are, are plateauing and, and, you know, yeah, fingers crossed here as well that we don't end up in another lockdown with, uh, with, with a very English thing that I heard the other day. They, they had the Kent variant. 
I mean, how oh. English? How English is that? Yes. Yes, very. Yes. Have you got a plague? Yes, we've got the Kent variant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jemima is feeling a little bit under the weather. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, you know, no disrespect to Jemima's and Kent. But, uh, yeah, there'll be there'll be precautions and whatever we have to do to stay safe. Um, but yeah, here's hoping the world opens up enough for us to uh, to enjoy ourselves safely. So again, all proceeds for songs for Neil Volume 2 go to Cancer Support Scotland and the Glioblastoma Research Foundation Neil Peart Research Award. Am I correct? That's correct. And that's in uh, North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, I know I speak for all Rush fans and for Jerry when I say we really appreciate all you're doing for these two great charities. And this is just a, an incredible album. Thanks, Steve. And thanks to you and Jerry as well for... You reckon how about two years now you've been doing the podcast? Over two years. Crazy, right? Wow. Brilliant. I, I'm ashamed to not tune in enough. <laughs> <laughs> so what if it's what if it's up to now then? You must be you must be over the hundred now, are you? Oh yeah. Oh. What's okay. Ah, oh, there'll be a special one, so it'll probably be it'll be next year. Hmm. I wonder if you can time it to I'll bring it volume three and get me back on for Another, I'm going to Rush nerddom again. How many songs did Rush record? Isn't it 167? That's the figure I've got in my mind as well. So right. we, must, we must be right. So yeah, bring <laughs> us back on for that episode, chaps. <laughs> 167? Just, just for the hell of it. I don't know why. Oh yeah. We... I was born in 1967, so there's a bit of useless numerology. That's yeah. right. Our plan is to come to Scotland for Rush trivia and yeah. blow everybody out of the water, Steve. What do you think? On what? Yeah, for episode one sixty-seven, you could plan that now. We're going buy your tickets. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. We could do. Out. We could see if that lands on May the twenty-eighth or whatever. That's right. We could do our first and probably only live podcast from Rushfest Scotland, and it's just all Rush trivia of us getting it wrong. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and with with some sort of Scottish angle. Right, yeah. McCallan. We'll get McCallan involved. You know the whiskey people. There you yeah, go. We'll get, we'll get drunk. <laughs> I would. I haven't touched this stuff for two years. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Steve, on that yeah. and on the album. Yeah, they bring us back in, Steve. We're, we're going off piece here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us today on the Rush Fancast. We really appreciate it. No, absolute pleasure, guys, and thank yous again for a great podcast. So, Jar, I just love talking to Steve. He is such a bundle of energy and just a fantastic guy. Yeah, I could definitely talk to him all day. And hopefully we get to meet him soon. He's planning on being at a night for Neil, which we are as well. And we're yes. hoping, we're hoping maybe we can get over to Scotland for Rush Fest Scotland. Yes, that would also be incredible. It would. And what he's doing for cancer research is phenomenal. I mean, just amazing. All this time he's spending putting this together and all for charity. I know. I mean, that's just the, the thing about the band, right? Mm-hmm. They just inspire people. They, they make people glad to be alive, I think is what it is. And then they want to reach out and help other people. It's just, fa- it's just a fantastic feeling. It really is. It really is. And we thank Steve for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Rush Fancast. Instagram, you can find us at The Rushcast. Email Jerry, therushcast at gmail.com. Let him know what you thought of our conversation with Steve Brown. As I mentioned, we gave Lex the day off today. He deserves it. He deserves a vacation, doesn't he? He deserves everything we don't give him. (laughs) David King is taking us out of the podcast today, Jar. And I hope you got a great quote for us. 
I don't know why, as we were talking, I started thinking about the lyrics of Caravan, so I'm going to quote from that. Okay. The caravan thunders onward, stars winking through the canvas hood. The caravan thunders onward, on my way at last, on my way at last. To Scotland, maybe. 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 Look at that. Thanks, Jeff.